Well, you get down the fiddle and you get down the bow Kick off your shoes and you throw them on the floor Dance in the kitchen till the morning light Louisiana Saturday night Waiting in the front yard, sitting on a log A single shot rifle and a one-eyed dog Yonder come our kinfolk in the moonlight Louisiana Saturday night Well, you get down the fiddle and you get down the bow Kick off your shoes and you throw them in the floor Dance in the kitchen till the morning light Louisiana Saturday night Hello everybody, welcome to episode 62 of the NFP Podcast Presented by 3D Entertainment The NFP Podcast is brought to you by Riverside Dodge The official truck sponsor and dealership of the show As well as Hooked Up Enterprises As the official in-arena gear of the NFP Podcast And of course Wrangler, the official clothing sponsor of the show Wrangler, long live the Cowboys What is up everybody? We're back. Big guest today, the seven-time world champion. We'll get to that in a minute before we do. And all the news and updates within the PBR and rodeo world. We'll chat with the boys, the old alumni from the East Central Hornets first. Jason, sorry, I know I did it again, but I was just thinking about the East Central Hornets. I get it. Don't worry. I can see where this is all going. Scott Byrne, what's (laughs) up? Burns are like Hutterites. You stick together. That's right. Uh, That's right. That's right. Uh, Stuff's good. Cold, 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 cold here. Uh, which is no surprise to our listeners when you live in Manitoba. But anyway, um, yeah, good. Gavin some cows and same old, same old. Braden's home for reading week, so he's spending the week helping me out. And uh, yeah, it's good. Can't complain. Got the family back together. Desktop microphone. Select a microphone. Select. There yeah. we go. Oh. There you go. Now Fuck. talk. Uh, they test one, two, three. Oh, yeah, you fuck. fucking fuck balls. Jesus, two episodes later. Later, <laughs> boom, he's got it. On the other side of things, the guy who's obviously jealous that I didn't introduce him first with the new microphone, ladies and gentlemen. Everybody's gonna be so fired up. Me, especially, I think, when I'm editing these things, that you figured out your fucking microphone, Jason. Good to see you, buddy. How you doing? I'm fine. Oh, do you hear that clearness? <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. I don't have a new truck though. I don't have any Wranglers, and I don't have any, and I don't have any hooked up shit yet either. So, well, that's too bad. Scott, oh, you got a truck, didn't you? I got my truck is in Prince Albert, Saskatchewan, at Riverside Dodge as we speak. Uh, Ty, Joe, and Cam are. uh, Well, I've been on the phone constantly with Ty Mo. There, he is. He is. uh, How would you put it? He is spiffing it up. (laughs) <laughs> it, it's gonna be so cool i can't wait i'm excited i'm excited you're a truck guy so what what is for truck people i'm fucking definitely not everybody always asks me what's this what's that i don't know it's nice it's shiny and it goes fast and pulls really well what's your uh what's the deal with your truck scott is he a beauty or what yeah it's 2022 dodge um laramie but uh got some bells and whistles put on it uh three quarter ton diesel cummins power uh, Are you gonna smoke in it first trip? Yeah, hundred percent. No, I won't. Oh, oh right. No. For how long? Like, what is no, it? Like a hey. certain amount of K's, and then you just don't, or what? <laughs> no, I, I did, okay. <laughs> I did my whole clothing run, which is like four thousand K without smoking in Reagan's brand new Durango. Wow! So did I you get, stop on it, the side of the road and rip one though? Yes, like, did, did you just like going down the road just stopped? Yeah, and had a dart. Hundred <laughs> percent. What? Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, well, what? But I mean, I'm at that age where you usually got to piss at the same time, so it works out good. You kill two birds with one stone. True, and, true. And uh, no, I'm not gonna. It's good, and and it's yeah, it's so nice. So I'm excited to get up there, pick it up. Uh, like I said, I've been chatting with the boys up there, and he's been putting on some extras for me. And oh, excellent. Well, while you're up there, see if mine's ready. Okay, I will. I will. <laughs> I will. It, I'm excited. It's good. Jason, you got a concert tonight? What's going on? You're just hitting the town? Paying it I am. Yeah. Vance Joy. Going to go rip her up here with another Dodge guy. One that actually looks after me here, maybe. Uh, but uh, actually, Ty did say he'd kick Paul's ass on any deals. So I'll have to bring that up with Paul tonight, um, who is a PBR supporter. But uh, yeah. Looking forward to that tonight. It's only minus 33, so it's a nice evening to be walking across a uh, asphalt parking lot uh, in the oh, wind. Jesus but uh, I'm sure they got the heat on inside CUC. You know what? Like the the negativeness that you're bringing right now, I don't even care about it because your sound is so good. Okay, let's get to it. Uh, we got Stetson right coming on. We just recorded that interview a little while ago. Uh, pretty cool. Jason, you're his agent. Known him since he was a little kid. We've had him on before. This would actually be his third time if you include the time that uh, we caught him in Vegas at the at the NFR. And he was part of our intro for a little bit there. But pretty cool. We got some good insights from him by himself, without his family, with all that other stuff. He's a little bit guarded, I found, probably due to the fact that he talks about it too. Is He has so many eyes on him. He's got so much pressure on him to be this perfect guy. If he steps left, everybody's mad at him because he didn't step right. It's a little bit guarded, but we got lots of cool information and cool stories. And I think his mindset, I guess, is what really stood out for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a hundred percent. I think in any discipline or sport, there's champions and the greatest players for a reason, right? Like they just get it. They think differently. They go about their business differently. And and I think our listeners are going to just completely get where Stetson Wright's coming from here shortly. I think, too, uh, generations of rodeo cowboys and competitors in that family, I will put it out there that Stetson and his brothers are, are lucky that they have a father that's been there, done it in a different kind of time. But it helps them to maybe you know, excel a little faster. They still don't get me wrong. Still got to have the talent, still have to have everything, but just the coaching I think is an asset to them as well. So, you know, we didn't touch on Cody rode at the NFR with Ryder and Rusty one year in the same. I, don't know shit. I, don't know. I remember yeah. that. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. That's can you imagine eh? that's oh, cool. Uh, yeah. It was good. That was a good year. That's when that kind of, that really opened up a lot of doors. Like, cause it was the storyline, right? You know, oh, so yeah. I think that was the year we got Yeti on board um, that year, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. And then. Yep. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. Tanner was supposed to jump in there. <laughs> was Tanner's always the do? one that, when there's dead air, Tanner's supposed to jump in, isn't he? I've tried my best. I've tried. <laughs> You're throwing some dead air at me right now. I, I all serious. Let's just. Let's I just can't believe how good everything sounds in my ears right now. <laughs> I know it's fucking awesome. Like so let's get some energy. Demo. Let's get some. Let's get some peppiness. No, I, I was gonna say. Like, no, you, I'm scared to talk- say anything because you guys are gonna make fun hey, of me or something. You give it right back, so you can't never just be when a baby. Ever, whenever I have, when have I ever give it to you guys? Oh, my God. Okay, kids, fight fight later. With all that being said, um, 
that storyline, and we all know about storylines just from TSN and TV and Cowboys and where they are in stats, that storyline, like you said, probably opened up. It raised a lot of eyebrows to potential um, endorsees um, that really kind of kicked it all off, would you say, Jason? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think that's a fair statement. And plus, to, to actually look in shoot number four and your dad's getting on like how many, people <laughs> yeah. can, how many kids can say that right yeah, that's pretty pretty amazing i think it had happened in the team roping or something at one point um but yeah there's not very many very many father-son duos at the nfr yeah hmm. that's unreal you won't see that in the bull riding pretty well cool. never know jagger how old's jagger bear jb's back <laughs> yeah count that guy out yeah we can get into that that's pretty cool to see jb mooney back out of uh injury everybody was kind of writing him off and if he was retired da, 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 we talked about it that he was coming back not sure how hard he was gonna go how good he might do he does what jb does smashes on a 90 in san antonio to start it then wins two after that bumps himself up into the standings again, back in the hunt for an NFR and showing everybody once again that he's pretty much Superman and can do whatever he sets his mind to. So pretty amazing to see that guy do that, right, guys? Yeah, that's one guy you never count out, hey? Um, And that was kind of the, I think the general consensus was, will he come back when, if you look at it, no, there was no doubt in his mind that he was coming back and, and does it with a vengeance. And I mean, on the business side of things, great for the sport as well, right? As soon as you hear that song, every time, you know, yeah. you know, here he is. So it's pretty cool to see. Yeah, he's uh, he's definitely back in full swing. And you could tell, I think, the weight lifted off his shoulders with that 90 in San Antonio. He walks over, gives Jagra a high five, throws his hat, and then gets the victory lap. And then in his interview talking about how he'd bucked off a few. And and now it's just feeling good and rolling. That's the thing with bull riding and, and – uh, the sport in general, it takes one run or one ride, one little moment to change your season, change your whole career. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to watch JB and see see where he goes. Hopefully he can stay healthy and then just keep kicking it, keep killing it. Yeah, that I think that's the only thing that will obviously hold JB back is at the point in his career and um, is going to be injury. Uh, without injury, there will be no stopping him. San Antonio as well. Our guy uh, that we have the interview with here coming up, Stetson Wright, has a lot of success. Did he win uh, everything, Jason? What did he do there? I don't know. I was just, I think I made mention in the interview, he's got 96,001 already. He's not even completed three rodeos. Yeah, yeah he didn't know Zeke. I think Zeke come out of the pool, um, number one in the Bronx. I think Stetson was second. Don't quote me on that. And then Stetson was number one in Bull Ride. Yeah. He got a he got all the money one night. He was the only guy to ride. So that all counts towards bull riding standings, but not all around. No shit. Yeah. So if you look at right now, 2023, his all around uh money right now to date is eighty eight thousand four hundred and seventy nine bucks, but he's really got ninety six thousand one because uh the bull riding that does count towards bull riding that ground money. Same with that, the NFR, which I think you guys knew that. Like, if yeah. if you're the only guy to stay on, that counts. I knew that they counted, title. but not for the all around. Not for the all around. No. Is that did that get put into play recently because of how that would work with Stetson? Because there is always well, that opportunity. A team roper, or calf roper, made that rule. 
Yeah. Because that sure. is big, right? And especially for that all around, because that happens lots in the border. Oh, that for doesn't sure. happen in other events. Yeah. That's but, right. Oh, shit. Yeah. So that's cool to see. Like you said, Zeke did well. Um, Boran's been, been good watching all around. Trevor Reisty, have you guys seen this guy? He's got, he won the round last night, it was 92 points. And I'm pretty sure it's him. I might get lit up on social media about this, but he rides with his hand backwards. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, there used to be a kid from North Dakota that come up here and yeah. did that. There what was. was his name? Yeah, I forget now. I remember the first time. God, I ever it looks seen like oh, you're like oh, this is gonna go bad. Yeah, yeah the, work. the Vermilion bull riding. Didn't know the kid, and of course, as a bullfighter, you're standing right there, and he puts his hand. Marwayne, wasn't it Marwayne in the the indoor Mar? That's where I met the guy. Yeah, he yeah, came I'd... up here a few actually. It wasn't yeah. just for me. Yeah, but. Uh, you know, he puts his hand in his rope like he's going to pick up a suitcase. And, I, you know, I'm just like, well, uh, I, I don't know much. About <laughs> Somebody much. help this guy. Somebody <laughs> yeah. help this guy. Must be his I new timer. I did dominate the bull riding world. But, man, I think you got your hand in there wrong. But he rode. <laughs> I mean, it worked for him. So, whatever, I guess. Uh, obviously, yeah, I it works know. for this guy, too. Yeah. It's something that you don't see a lot. I think it has a lot to do with wrist problems and not being able to turn it that way. But. It works for works for that guy. Last night, ninety two points makes a good ride. You can see he's kind of pushing on it and riding a little bit different than you would with your hand back the other way. But I don't know. I kind so of like does, that stuff. So does he still lay that tail through his palm and then go around the front of his hand? As yeah, looks like he lays he goes it around it. the front. Yeah, goes around the front and then tucks your back in. So I don't know if you can hang up or what way that would have. To I was gonna in. say. Wouldn't that freaking throw a wrench into a bullfighter's mind? Uh, what are we doing here? I'm not sure if you've away from your hand into your hand. What are we doing? What are we doing? Or if it's a Brazilian yeah. rope backwards, yeah, with your hand right? upside down, then what? Jeez, well, you just stop the play, shoot the bull. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So San Antonio's been cool, and like we said, the, the cowboy channel, I didn't get to touch on it with Stetson either on that, but how much that's kind of brought notoriety to these to these rodeo guys i think it's pretty wild even myself becoming a fan of different events especially the bronc ride and it's been so great to watch we talk about the depth of the bronc ride world but uh, like before this year last year maybe i didn't watch those other events or know lots of the guys in those different events just because you couldn't see them so yeah. a guy like me that's a rodeo guy through and through and bull riding guy like live for for this lifestyle even me, like it's like I've I've got to this new level of fandom, getting able to see these guys, and I think that's just strictly through the Cowboy Channel. It's got to be raising their their price up or their sponsorship, everything, notoriety, everything for these guys. They got to be loving it. I think so for sure. Um, you know what? I had a conversation with Jeff Metters, and that was after year one of the Cowboy Channel, and it was pretty impressive what they had for viewers. Um, I wish we had that. That was more public though, like for our business. It would help, mm -hmm. um, you know, some of the like Fort Worth, for example, they hire some of their own people to make the telecast better. Um, it's in-house, right? But um, it doesn't uh, it doesn't always look like that on on the Cowboy Channel. Like when we get into that 100 rodeos in 100 days, you're just listening to the announcer talk, right? Um, yeah. At some of them. But yeah, it's. It's definitely good, man. I like to tune in. If I know you can look, the PRCA is getting a little bit better on their website. You can see the day sheets and who's up. So, you know, you're not flicking through hoping you see somebody, you know. Yeah. Got to keep an eye on the guys, eh? 
Check out the boys, buddy. San Antonio, yeah. too, like you say, the production-wise, too, they they make it into a show. It's not just the arena. And lots of those the clowns were taking lots of shit for that, too, because all the, yeah. they do their same acts, right? And then they have the same yeah. jokes. And when you're live, it's totally different than when you're watching it on TV and you hear the same stuff 10 days in a row. So it is cool that they're making more of a show for the audience that's sitting at home watching every single day. We haven't seen old Scotty Shifter in Fort Worth, boys. See that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, did. doing some of that, did, yeah. doing some of that. And then obviously our other Canadian, Katie Lucas, she's always on uh, as part of the Cowboy Channel on all the broadcasts and does a great job. So, yeah, they got a good thing going there. Yeah, she, fun to watch. She, she's phenomenal. She yeah, I, I agree. I think she is. Does a bang job. up job. Uh, okay, ad read. Riverside Dodge. Riverside Dodge in Prince Albert, Saskatchewan is the home of the award-winning Ram truck. They have the brand you trust to haul a trailer load of rank bulls along with your crew up front in the cab. Whether you want to go check fences or tailgate outside the next PBR event, the boys at Riverside Dodge have the right truck for you. Riverside Dodge is not only the dealer of choice in northern Saskatchewan, but also sells and services all across western Canada. Go see Ty and the gang at Riverside Dodge for a fair, no-bullshit deal on your next truck. Tell them Tanner, Jason, or Scott sent you. Riverside Dodge in Prince Albert is the official truck sponsor and dealership of the NFB podcast. Scott, we'll have to get some flexi in your new truck. We'll get them fucking bumped out there. Sure, the boys want to be those. Hopefully, Monday, it'll be pulling in your driveway on my way home. So You're not Monday, coming up from my bull bucket. He's coming to get his truck. Yeah, got to come get the new unit. Uh, sorry, Tanner. No, I understand you're having an NFP session, going to buck some young bulls and got a group of guys coming up to get on, but going to have to miss it this time. I mean, Next time. I'd get on, but. <laughs> you want to wreck well, the bulls, I'll, eh? I'll, If that's the case, I'll <laughs> drop what I'm doing to come. Check uh, I'd out. rather, I would rather speed bag myself in the nuts than get on a bull at this age. <laughs> <laughs> Jason probably fight it if you got on Scott. Only if it's a muley. And then I might even have reservations about it. Yeah, because he'd probably hang up with his hand backwards. Yeah. <laughs> He'd definitely be knocked out, I guarantee you that. Okay. PBR highlights, boys, to get into. Uh Tulsa was on while we were away. Eli Vastbinder takes the win at that one yeah. wins his first event. That's wicked. Uh, 3D guy, great guy on the bull Tulsa time in Tulsa, so it kind of worked out pretty cool. But ironic, the irony first event win for that guy couldn't happen to a better guy, stand up guy. And uh, probably the big storyline behind it was Jose, the last guy out, and had a bull that he's rode four out of five times in uh, I'm legit too. Uh, bull shows that not these bulls don't do the same thing every time, jumps out of it about halfway through and bucks them off, which nobody's seen uh, coming. I'm sure Eli himself as well. Uh, bucks him down so even the best sometimes get bested but Eli takes the win pretty cool to see him do that 90 points as well Kyler Oliver makes one of the best rides I think that we've seen all year uh, on a bull called Smokestack that was a rodeo bull bull of the year in the PRCA Blake Sharp recently purchased now a PBR bull and they've been riding him and been looking good on him Kyler makes a great ride I talked to him about it uh, he said that he couldn't believe that they left that one for him but I don't think that's one that lots of the guys like to get on, want to get on, uh, as when you do stay on him, you're 92 points. So I think that just shows the mindset of this guy. He knows that he's a bad cat and wants to win. Did you guys get to catch any of the highlights of the Bulls by chance? No, am I still I, winning? 
I think you are, yeah. But there was some buckers. Good. It's first time I've really checked in to to really like watch them this year. There's a bull called Flapjack right now of HD Pages that is the fucking the real deal. I think he's a four year old. I don't know. I shouldn't say that because he might be older than that. But this thing box big brindle around the left, cool whip. The last two weekends in a row, I think he was the high mark bull. Really good. That was probably a a sleeper pick that we missed on that. But riding solo, yeah, through the roof again. We're gonna see him this weekend in LA, and then uh, Ricky Vaughn that we talked about that we were, might be picking. I found a cool story out about him that uh, when he was young, I don't know if he's two or three or whatever it might have been, he went blind. He had a uh, some brain disease that caused him to go blind, and they were feeding him out of a pail and all this different shit that was going on, and then he came through it, and now he's one of the best bucking bulls in the world, and they did a video on it, and they showed the vet walking up to him with the pail that she was always feeding him with when he was sick and he couldn't see wow. And he walked right up to her again and ate out of the pail. And fuck yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, no shit, that is cool. Yeah. That is cool. I, I went blind once too, but it was lemon gin. <laughs> 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 but that's a total different story. <laughs> story oh, <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of a cool little backstory on that. Bull shows the care that that these bulls get and lots of the misconceptions of how that they're mistreated and just shows a bull like that that goes blind i mean a normal animal you're just kind of going to write them off and they do what they can to nurse this thing back to health and now he's going to be in the running for a world championship so shows that the la people are wrong about what they're doing i was just gonna say there you go like just if people would be open-minded about it and see it can't can't fix that stuff guys i know i know you can't but i damn sure you know they're gonna do that all in in la um it's not right that's the you know you talk about the livelihoods of people (laughs) that's what they do and some guy that's never had anything to do with an animal a guy or girl, whatever, has nothing to do with an animal, never been in the sport, never seen the sport, or is too ignorant to go see what it's all about, is going to sit behind the desk and end it all. It's not right, and we got to make sure we stand up for our Western lifestyle and heritage and do what we can to, because as we all know, once it starts, she's a tough train to stop. Yeah, I'd go right mm. down that coast. Hey, yeah. 100%. Jason, what do, do you know the gist on that? What they're trying to do or what the legal legalities are behind that? Well, they're trying to ban rodeo in the state of California. Well, not the state. Uh, City Los of Angeles. LA? Yeah. But I, but I think it, once it they goes, win there, yeah. once they go there, then they just keep going with it, you know? But it goes Cloverdale, beyond... Did somebody say Cloverdale was going again? Did we talk about this? Yeah, Cloverdale is, yes. is going. Yeah, May Long weekend again. It's back going yeah. rough stock like it was. Yeah. But it, I think that's going beyond rodeo uh, with this deal in, in L.A. It's it's pretty much anything to do with, with animals, if I understand it correctly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Like rainy, like all sorts of yeah. aspect, anything Western lifestyle, by the sounds of it. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. And like you say, it, it, and it didn't seem like that would actually happen. It seemed like they were just trying to push through, which we've always dealt with animal rights stuff in the past. But it's got some momentum, it looks like. And they're really... Uh, I know Sean Gleason had a post about it, and then it seems to be like it's a legit threat that we need to get behind and try to put a stop to. Because that, like you say, it just snowballs from there. You start there, and it keeps going. Yeah, exactly right. So, got to fight for your right, right? To party, yeah. And then, yeah, uh, 
Obviously, it hasn't gone through yet because this weekend is LA. The used to be the formal staple, Staples Center, former Staples Center, now known as Crypto Something da 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 da, da Arena. But the PBR is back there. It's pretty cool to see uh, a PBR event in a prestigious arena like that one. Have you guys ever uh, taken that one in? I have not. I have not. No. Pretty Jason, cool. Jason, you ever been there? Mm-mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's cool. It's badass. <laughs> this is fucking. <laughs> Great. Are you texting or are you talking to us? <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh, fuck. This is no, are you serious? serious. I'm just serious. sitting back here. I got a mic. I don't have to sit over top of my computer anymore. Can I not relax? Yeah, Ser- seriously, what, que- what question did he just ask you? He asked me if I'd ever been to an arena. Mm-hmm. An arena? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> been to them all. <laughs> been to them no, all. No, I haven't. I haven't. Well, I want to get to them all, but I haven't been there. No. I haven't been to them all. Well, you better get to it before they get shut down. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> oh, shit. You know what? I was there. That was my first NHL entry draft. Was it? At the Staples? 2010. Yep. Epic fucking building. Yep. Uh, MSG is still the epic building. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Good. Yeah. I do think. We had just had our second child, and Ruby was like, couple months old we decided to go on a big trip which looking back i don't know how the hell we did it or i talked my wife into it but we started in oklahoma city and then flew to the global cup in arlington and then from there went to hawaii and then from hawaii flew back to la and then rode to la and then flew home um but you can imagine all that flying and that's over like a month period with a two-month-old and a three-year-old was a lot of work but megan was for megan oh yeah fuck yeah so she i went to the boat riding early and she was bringing over the kids in the in the stroller she had like a two thing two stroller and uh outside animal rights people everywhere they got their fucking megaphones and they're screaming at all the people going in there's one lady screaming in her face that is raising her kids in this animal abuse fucking thing and Whatever, long story short, she gets through everybody trying to work with these two little kids and she leans down to talk to Ruby, like to do something to the to the baby, and looks up and Layla is gone. And oh. she yeah, fuck. Talk about sketchy in the staple center. It's packed, sold out. So she has a freak out trying to find Layla, and Layla was playing hide and seek and went <laughs> hid behind the pillar like two steps from her but yeah that kind of ended our our career of uh living on the traveling road. as a family yeah <laughs> oh yeah a lot that of uh, yeah so that was about the end of that then she called and came down and and hung out the rest of the boat riding down below watched it on the tv and then we flew home and that was about the end of it <laughs> <laughs> That was it. But yeah, some of the highlights to look at coming forward is um, Griffin Smeltzer. Yeah, we can talk about him this weekend, hundred percent. So yeah, Cedar Park. We'll start with that. Griffin Smeltzer takes the event title of the Velocity Tour, bumps himself now into the the Unleash the Beast Tour event, but makes two good rides. Um, Rode two out of three. Showed up on the Saturday night in clutch 86 and I think 86, maybe two 86 point rides both way from sad. Looked really good. Looked good for Griffin. And that was where? Cedar Park, Texas. And yeah, Nick Tetz okay. takes Nick Tetz was 7.8 or something or 7.92 in the short round to to be right there, either first or second with Griffin as well. So great, great event for Canadian contingents and Scott's champion that he yep. picked 
looking good. Yeah. Yep. I'm we telling you. for a rip down to Billings, April 14th, 15th, and 16th. Yeah, How far is Billings? Eight hours for me. We used to drive it every year. Nice little drive up through Malta. Malta. Spend the night there. And then keep on moseying. Yeah, and then the other Canadian boys were there as well. Uh, we had Weston Davidson and Stefan Tanita. Uh, yeah, it was pretty pretty good to see those guys. I think Weston and Stefan are coming home now. They're going to be at my house next weekend to get on some practice bulls and then roll right into Lethbridge. So looking forward to that, boys. We're going to be there. Well, next time we come back on the pod, we'll have uh, the results and everything from Lethbridge. But things going well with that, Jason. Looking good. Yep, tickets are well. We're back on our March dates again, which we were. That's what we built that event on was that first weekend of March. <clears throat> Last year we couldn't because of a Canadian curling classic. So we were in August, right? Is that what we did mm-hmm. last year? I think so. So we missed all those kids because that is a good college town. Um, great PBR fans in Lethbridge. I do have to give it up. Probably one of our best events all year as far as, uh, as fan engagement and sellouts. So looking forward to that. We're, we should be, uh, I would say, back to 2019 numbers here for 22. So boom, boom. Beauty. Hey, Edmonton went on sale. <clears throat> and we were already uh, we're already head of ticket sales. Um what took us two months to get to when we did our on sale last year. So pretty excited about that. Good deal. We're going to do the Ty Posbaum banquet and do a little hockey game there too. So yeah, well, we got to, we have to do our Posbaum banquet a day early. eh? Yep. So we got an extra day. I hope that doesn't go. Hope no one gets thrown out. (laughs) I hope you fuckers are practicing because, uh, We've had oh, some right. pretty uh, ba- pretty big bag skates with the Hornets, <laughs> and uh, my legs are feeling like fucking timbers right now, boys. I got uh, there'll be nothing but uh, well, it depends what position they. How are they gonna feel when you walk out in the arena in Tisdale? Like timbers or more like toothpicks? Oh, <laughs> <Shut the fuck laughs> <up. laughs> well, I'd like to thank my my one of my besties, Blaine Fison, for. Uh, really pushing me to do that but anyways that's a whole different topic let's move on eugene oregon was the weekend after tulsa great event there eugene they packed the house it was one of the greatest crowds i think that they've they've had within the pbr you've seen it while watching it on the broadcast the place was going insane uh afterwards all the social media from all the guys was talking about how how great the crowd was and how pumped up they were as at that place so i've been to eugene in a long time so it's good to go back there in oregon the um legalization of all the drugs there must have got everybody fired up <laughs> let them rock uh but uh a new brazilian takes that one that uh that we talk about in the podcast with stetson rafael dabrito and that's his first win but this kid looks freaking top notch these brazilian guys just keep coming there's so many of them it's hard to keep track now with the a lot of them like similar names and they all ride so damn good that anytime one of them puts their hand in the rope, you're expecting big things. And these, this one was no different. So it looks really good. And, uh, I was, I'm going to make it official that I'm jumping on the Andrew Alvidrez train. This guy's, this guy's doing it this year, guys. He looks yeah, freaking. Yeah. He ain't wasting no time and getting to number one. Yeah. looks hot. And like we talked about last couple, you never, you know, they can peter off or have a couple good weekends and then you don't see him for a while. And he just keeps showing up every weekend. And How old is I, he? I don't know what he'd be. 
mid twenties. Like he seems say. like has he been around for a while? Like it's not like he just come out of nowhere. Like he's been around, right? Yeah, yeah. Like he's been around for the last few years. I've seen, but he's one of those guys. I think that that was never near the top or one of those no, really top yeah. end guys. And then he just willed himself into this position of mind and, and physical fitness and dedication to the sport. And legit, he's world champion contender this short season like this. He keeps plucking away at him every weekend. He's looks freaking phenomenal. So he was in the running in Eugene to win that one too. Uh, picks, picks a bowl. He was first coming in the, to the short round picks a bowl that threw him off, but, like, yeah, he's looking solid. He's looking like he's right in that title. So I'm hopping on the train. I'm hopping on the Alvijas train. Going to bandwagon this guy. Looking pretty good. 26. Um, Call him 26 years old. He's 26. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, he's been around a little while, but this last probably three years, I would say, he's uh, he's really topped up. One of those guys that was kind of down there in the draft, too, that, that yes. Missouri stole yeah. later on, right? That guys <laughs> Well, just, just come through for them. Really, and, and you yeah. know, he's their ace. Yep, looking for this guy, boys. Look for him to do great things. He's got stats back to 2015, so he's been going. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's been going since he was 18. Yeah, so that's the thing. Yeah, I knew, it, I knew, I knew we like you know, yeah. that's kind of the thing. You knew his name, but he, he was just never doing what he's doing right now. Yeah. He did make a name for himself with PBR teams. I will give him that for sure. So good luck to him. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. Good to see. Which goes to prove just it takes, sometimes takes time to click. And once you click, look out. Yeah. Look out. So it's good to see him. We'll see what he could do at uh, Crypto Arena, crypto.com arena this weekend alongside the return of Clayton Sellers. That's huge for the sport. This guy's uh, one of the good guys and, and, you know, he's always in the interviews and doing a bunch of stuff. He's great bull rider and uh, great for the sport. So it's good to have him back, see what he can do coming back off that injury, as well as Cody Jesus, uh, the first nation's cowboy. He's back in the game. So uh, a lot of, a lot of moving parts this weekend uh, within the crypto.com arena. It's going to be good. There's a few matchups. The one to watch I would say is Dalton castle, Dalton, has a rematch on a bull called Time in a Bottle that he was 91 and a quarter on. Uh, so he's got that bull in round one. So look for Dalton there, probably a round win with that, as well as all of the bulls that we've been talking about this last little while. They're all going to be there this weekend. So it's a world championship race. A little preview before the world finals, maybe, uh, in Crypto.com Arena. So looking forward to that one, boys. We should do another ad read. Speaking of bull riding. We got a new one, boys. We got a new sponsor jumped on board with us that you guys are familiar with. Scott, did you ever fight bulls at Czar Lake? Was that around when you were going? Yeah, no, I never did. I never did. I think it was kind of towards the end of my career, but I, I never uh, I never got the privilege, and I I wish I would have because it's a happening, hopping place. So Yeah, they uh, where do they get all those people from? <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> we used to see that at Wanham, you know, Yep. Um, they'd have 2,200 people in a pasture. Like, I think they get 4,000 people here. Bizarrely. I saw it with my own eyes and it was crazy. It was kind of in between the the breaks and the lockdowns and, and uh, people were wanting to get out. I don't think they were too worried about COVID that night. <laughs> well, and that whole crew there at Zarlake, I was talking with uh, Mr. Baleen there. 
their biggest problem, which is the best problem to have, is is where to put the people. Yeah, and adding on just because the arena, seating. you could buck saddle bronc horses in that arena. It's yeah, big. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's big because they need it to to get the people. And they're they're two time event of the year. Yep, last two wrong? years. Yeah, you so, bet. Two times. Yeah, yep. So the riders, day. the the riders do the voting for that. So hats off to that group. And you know what? I've spoke with with Jason lots, and they just want to do. They want to make it better. They want to keep giving back and making it better. So, well, and plus, who's going to argue with them? <laughs> who's gonna argue with him he is a large human <laughs> that is a big man that's a big man he's a big man all right Zara give scott give, give scott three pendleton whiskeys and he might take a shot at it <laughs> stick his, you know stick his shit out there and go <laughs> yeah down. oh yeah just leave with that chin. <laughs> i've wised up in my old age okay <laughs> for the best of all the bad to bone pbr action Make a plan to come down to Czar Lake Bullerama, July 21st, 2023. The rankest bulls and the best cowboys in the business will try and win one of the biggest single-day paydays in the industry at the back-to-back and reigning PBR Canada event of the year. For more information, check out and like our Facebook page or check out our website, www.czarlakebullerama.com. Czar Lake Bullerama, come get some. Oh, I like that. Good ad read, boys. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Czar, we should probably make this clear for yes. people that aren't familiar with Czar. Czar is spelled C-Z-A-R. So Czar yes. Lake. C-Z-A-R Lake. Bolarama.com. Ah, yeah, nice. good thing. I'm glad those guys uh, hopped on board. We'll do some uh, promotions for them through this podcast. And like we talked about earlier, get your tickets now because they will sell out and they sell out fast. So going to be a fun, uh, fun event down there. I was there. I rode there one year. It was the only time that I'd been there. Styled a couple out. No big deal. <laughs> Styled a couple out. As per usual. Duh. Did you get two whistles? Yeah, bro. Yeah. I think I won. Did you get the buckle? Second. No, I don't think I want it. Who be you? I don't know. I don't remember. I'll find a video somewhere. We'll post the video. What bulls did you ride? I don't know. Fuck, I can't remember what I did yesterday, man. I've been which which so way did times. they spin? <laughs> I don't know. Probably both. <laughs> <laughs> that, that reminds that reminds me of a of a Ryan Burns story. When I first started fighting bulls, you know, everything was happening so fast and I was just so happy to be involved and doing something that I love to do. And I'd come home on Sunday and your dad, Uncle <clears throat> Unky Ryan there would phone me Monday morning. He'd be like, Who won? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Couldn't tell you. I was pretty Goodbye, excited. Dad. I was yeah, I was there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? Uh, speaking of things going fast, uh, I thought it was real interesting, and the, our listeners will get to hear it. <clears throat> um, I was trying to throw one at Stetson there about when you know when it slowed down for him. If you if we go back to to the world champ, uh, nineteen eighty three champ of the world, Cody Snyder's podcast, um, he he remembers when it happened, right? And Stetson doesn't even hesitate. And to pin it on when he did, it's pretty, pretty cool. Like again, yeah. Tanner, you talk about the mindset of, of great champions and, and great athletes. Um, I, I don't think there's going to be, uh, there's no gray area in, with this kid. He's got it dialed in and figured out. And that's, again, these young guys that are listening to this, 
any of anybody wanting to be a professional athlete, like take it all in. It makes sense. Yeah. Mindset. Yeah. And for him to say, he's just trying to still slow it all down and a seven time champion um, is pretty cool to hear. Do you know what I mean? The kind of take it for granted that he's as good as he is and he just doesn't worry about that kind of stuff. But you know, that's See, and, uh, and he talks about when he said mentioned about he doesn't think he rides Bronx good enough. Oh, okay. I jeez, okay. yeah, I, like okay, <laughs> yep, perfect. I'm not gonna okay, get better, get better. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, he rides him good. Uh, speaking of Cody's, too, we got a lot of great feedback on uh, Cody's podcast. A, a lot of people really enjoyed that, and uh. This is one of our highest uh, highest ranked ones yet so far. So that's pretty cool. Pretty cool here. It was good. He's legend, that dude. I, I called your dad after that podcast and because of course that was Ryan's era and they traveled together and rode in together. I I had another um I guess the word is appreciation for Cody. We always talk about the car load like uh Cody Lambert, Lane Frost, Tough, and and those guys traveling together and 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 someone was going to win out of that car, right? Or that carload of Cowboys. Yeah. After listening to Cody, you know, it was the same thing that you talk about a mentality of winning. Um, they knew that they, someone mm-hmm. was winning something and it was refreshing to hear that. And, and to put it back in perspective that he was the first Canadian and, and he had that mindset just like all those other guys did. And he brought it to, to reality. And it was, it was, it was good. It was good to hear. And uh, I surely appreciated it even more hearing it from his mouth, you know? Yeah. 100% boys. So if you haven't listened to that one, go back and check that one out. It was, if you haven't listened to that, why not? I was thinking too, uh, on the Bronco side of things, when we're talking about that, how it's kind of becoming like the, uh, the bull riding. And I hope that it doesn't go kind of the same way that, that bull riding did in the sense that we've got all these great Bronco riders and, for the longest time it was all the bull breeders right and it was all these guys getting into the business to be to have the best bulls when you have all these good bull riders and then we ended up the bulls taking over and wiping out lots of our bull riders and nobody took more shit than that than everybody in the bull business and the contractors and and how that went i'm seeing that right now i don't know if you guys agree or not but in the bronc riding side of things all everybody's owns bucking horses now and you look at all these practice pens and it's kind of like the bull riding world went to you see the the practice pens and it's not young kids staying on bucking horses and, and riding these lopers down the pen it's these fucking 24 point horses that are wiping out kids right so the bull riding world took this exact same aspect towards it and has taken a lot of shit for it and is known for wiping out all of our young bull riders and why we don't have the numbers that we had i feel like that is sort of happening within this bronc riding game mm, good point I don't see I don't see it at the junior level or the practice level, so I couldn't even comment really. But I do remember working Calgary, like working the shoots there and seeing some of them novice horses and Keith, you know, Keith had his eyes would be just this big watching, and I'm like, oh, we got a good one there, bringing that one back Sunday, <laughs> you know. But they do, I know they do. They got to get through their horses as well, and but. Um, I know Calgary always does those buckouts and they always bring an old campaigner, I think is the rule. So you can get on a good one. Then you got to get on a, on a young one and you never know. Like you don't know until you hang that flank and open the gate, what they're going to do. But 
yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of shit going on with that rain and stirrups and swells and stuff to try to slow things down on a 24-point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and not calling them out or not, you know, making anything of it. I'm just saying we've seen it happen within the bull riding world, right? Yeah, we've seen absolutely it. we did. And we're seeing all the fame that's coming along. We have too many bull producers in Canada now. And it's it seems to be the this like everybody's raising bucking horses now, right? Yeah. All these you're, we're seeing all these, especially Canadian horses, are getting sold in the U.S. for lots of money. There's tons of money in it now for these guys. There's futurities with the bucking horse side of things, bucking horse world. And I guess really just the moral of it was, you know, the bull riding side of things. I've lived through it. Took a lot of shit for getting, you know, two rank of bulls, and and you have to get your stuff bucked. So there's no real way around it, right? Uh, I just don't want to see that happen within the bronc rider world, and we we start losing guys in that aspect of it too. But it's just one thing about those game. guys; their careers are twice as long, at minimum, twice as long as probably on the average three times as long as bull riders, for sure. Yeah. Um, John Crimber, I was thinking yeah. of this one the other day too, guys. Have you been watching this kid? We've talked about him on yeah. here on the on the pod a few times but we're gonna i'm gonna try to get him on here at some point we'll have his little mindset even before he hits the big leagues but i i would reference him for people that are maybe hockey fans or don't know the sport he'd be like our connor bedard right now i would say hey in in relation well cody custer said it right on this pod never seen anything like it never okay never seen anything like it so have you watched some of his practice sessions what he gets on for practice bulls? Yeah. Yeah, there's short round bulls up here. <laughs> right? Like fucking under. I mean, I get where he's coming from and that's what I always wanted to practice Ben, but I just didn't style him as good as him. <laughs> it's unreal though. Good. <laughs> yeah. No, the kid all joking aside, he's oof. Oh, you were joking? <laughs> oh, I thought you were being too. <laughs> no, but yeah, he's a phenom. That yeah. is for sure. Yeah, keep an eye on him. I was just, uh, well, it's pretty much every second day he adds another video or something to his story of where he's at or what he's riding. So it's just hard not to talk about of the skill that he's got, the maturity that he's got, and how he's going to fit right in, right off the hop. He's uh, well, look who he's got for mentors. Man. Not yep. you know, not just his dad, but like his follows oh. is one of the toughest guys that ever strapped his hand to one. Yeah, ever. Paulo rode. Like he was one of the best guys to never really win a title, you know. Yeah, yeah. So our guy, World Finals. He was at uh, the National well, High School Finals last year in um, in Gillette, and that Pentables they had put together there were fairly honky, and there wasn't a bunch of kids that made the end of the gate. But you know, he nods his head and out in eighty nine and a half at a high school finals and. Just like it was a day off, like it's 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 jaw dropping actually, um, the talent that he has. So it was cool to see him live do it, you know. So and he's and he's a showman too. He likes to he? He likes to get every, everybody revved up. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Paulo would have been uh, Adriano was first, and then was it Paulo? I think then? so. Is yeah, kind of how it went. Yeah, or Ed and I might have been around in that time too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True, true. But yeah, mid nineties, like forty. Yeah. Three? He's older than that, I think. Yeah. Is he? Yeah. Yeah, I think they'd better be around that same time. And Andre? Andre Morales? Adriano's brother? Remember that yeah, guy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely not the depth that they have now, but there's always been those great oh, guys. Oh, I bet you there was. They just didn't come. True. Yeah. Yeah, very true. Now now with PBR teams, these, these teams got 
immigration lawyers helping them each team now. Like they want to get these guys, these free agents up here. So it's a different ball game now. They got to have scouts or fucking insiders over there. I heard, Brazil, I right? heard some guys were down. No, some of the coaches were down. Watching. Were they? Yeah. 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 Dang. Yeah. yeah just had a conversation while I was telling you about that on, on Stetson's pod. I talked to a GM today and he had said that a couple of the coaches from one of the teams had been down there trying to scout some guys and get the inside scoop on a few and whatnot. Yeah. They all got to enter the draft unless, yeah. you know, so it, I don't know if, I don't know if they, if people thought this draft was going to be as exciting as it possibly could be, but Sage is going to commit. If Sage commits, Josh will. Um, Josh Frost. Yeah, and if Stetson's in there, and then these couple new Brazilians, like that's going to make a pretty interesting first round. I think yeah. it'll only be two rounds. Yeah, that'll be it. But that's I don't think there's any more depth to it than that. Which, guys. if if you get twelve Brazilians, you know, declaring themselves, who knows? Like that's the thing. Like look at the uh batista sandro um the brothers uh that came up like nobody knew who those guys were last year till pbr teams yeah, it's so elevated those guys through the roof and they're gonna need lots of guys right for that with you, the injuries you and everything to. that goes on yeah uh, i got like there's lots of guys well not lots of guys but i talked to matt triplett the other day and he's completely just committed to teams he might do a couple events here and there throughout the year but he's saving himself and and uh he's a full team guy yeah with nashville so you're seeing it kind of transition over to to that side of things more and more every day okay boys uh all right let's go <laughs> your fucking mic it just makes me happy to hear it yeah Good. that's what i'm here for just to keep you guys sponsored up and shit oh, oh yeah fuck. yeah <laughs> new segment of the show that i wanted to add in we always have people um Reaching oh, out. Sponsor. Is there a sponsor for this one too? We there's don't know gonna, about There's yet? another sponsor coming in here pretty quick. Not a new one, but no, this is just a segment that I wanted to get people's uh, thoughts on and they can share their stories within this uh, rodeo world thing. We all have our own stories. Scott's got a lot of his stories of, of uh, smashing bulls, obviously, back in the day. Jason with his NFR, all the stories that go along, you guys. Um, yeah, we want yeah. to get people involved, right? So, I think one thing that comes along that I want to get from people is Megan thought of this actually, but it's the Sunday scaries. What's the worst fucking Sunday scaries you've ever had within a rodeo? Yes, so, at a rodeo. Yeah, so we can keep oh, it anonymous easy. when people when people phone in or when they reach in, we'll tell the stories on here. But uh, a good Sunday score Sunday scaries. You got one, Jason? You started off for us. Yeah. You go to your dad if he still has any pictures of me on the wall. Okay. I it was the All Star Pro Rodeo, and we were partying, partying hard. And uh, I think I'm, I'm pretty sure I had a pretty good chunk of change in my pocket already after Friday and Saturday. Might have been a first and a second, and I was doing the rodeo, so I had I'd been making some money, and we went celebrating Saturday night. And I drew fifty eight kaching, but a bing. <laughs> and I, it, yeah, he was a bad cat. He went to the NFR and bullfights and stuff. Well, it wouldn't have mattered what a guy got that day. It was MC Hammer, him, and uh, I can't remember. Those were the two bad cats anyway. So, yeah, I remember. I still remember. I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have drank that many paralyzers last night. Like, I really wasn't 
like up on being an athlete at that time in my career. But yeah, that was that sucked. It that's sucked bad. Sunday scary. Yeah, that's good. See, yeah, and he hooked me from one end of the arena to the other. I <laughs> yeah, I've got pictures, man. Like I remember your dad, your dad was fighting bulls. Um and he got behind Lee Bellows barrel because it was going with me. I don't know what was going faster, me or the barrel side by side. He was hitting us both down the arena and he got behind the barrel to slow Lee down. He's like, are you okay? And I'm like, what? He goes, just get out of here. <laughs> he knew I, I didn't even know which way it was up or down. Are you okay? And I'm like, what? He goes, just get out of here. Uh, like, uh. Yeah. So I like that little segment that we can do that people can write in about. Another, like, that can be that side of things of a bad day when you're in. The one that I was thinking of that came to my mind is um, a Sunday scary of waking up, like, the day after the rodeo's done, and you're the only one left in the parking lot. Terrible. Oh. Scott? You know what I'm talking Terrible. about, Scott? That's a Monday, though. That's yeah, Monday. yeah, it could be a Monday, too. Monday in Morris, here. Manitoba. See, shit like that, right? Everybody's got their Sunday scaries or their most down moment in this sport when they've just felt like throwing in the towel and being done. Everybody's got them. So we want to hear them. We want to hear everybody. So you're not alone. <laughs> Scott, you you're got not one? alone. Oh, I got a couple. Yeah, yeah I got a, Scott I got a and I got one together. Yeah. Well, think on them. Think on them. Save them for future episodes. But write those down. Um, and then another segment I was going to think of too was um, I was like at the events, like the maybe the craziest thing that you've seen or been a part of. So like a like a contractor really cussing somebody behind the shoots or a fight that broke out. We all know within this rodeo world oh, over yeah. the years, there's always been something that sticks out in your mind at a certain time in your life or a place or. You know, something like that's went that's went down. Something's went sideways at the event. It could be a wreck, bull riding wreck. For me, what's standing out for me right now, CCA Finals 2000 and I don't know what year it would have been, 2004, 2005, Justin LaVenture gets on Interstate of Stan Weatherly's. Do you remember that yeah, big, huge, I great do. thing? Okay. Yeah, I do. He goes to Orland. Uh, Lavi gets hung up by his feet. Rick Hodgson, Jesse Byrne fighting bulls, gets hung up by his feet feet while he's still on the bull and that thing's huge and spinning and it was just like every round he got closer and closer until he went right underneath of him and it was back in the rowl days where they probably sharp rowls and they weren't coming out and it was the worst track i have a video that we could post that too i don't know if he'd like that or not but and you, you thought i thought he fucking died like it was that bad right it freaking pretty near scalped him ripped all of his hair out just kept stomping him out and then they finally got him out and then he ends up getting on the next day at the CCA finals ride the next day, but just shit like that. Right. Maybe it's, maybe it's something that stands out to people and uh, we can keep them unanimous. If they're, if they're a yeah. little over the line, you don't want yeah, your name might have out to, there. Might have to right? not mention names in a couple. Yeah. yeah. And even like that amateur, like some amateur thing that you've seen somewhere that, that needs to be called out that we can call out on this podcast to clean up the old rodeo side of things. We can, we can do that too. We can call it out. Like I said, it doesn't have to have names, but we'll clean this up one, uh, one podcast at a time out there in the rodeo world. What do you guys think? Of that? I, like it. I like it. I like it. Yeah. The NFP podcast, cleaning up this world one epi at a time. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So yeah, hit us up with those and uh, we'll read one of them every week. Um, on the pod or every two weeks whenever we get back to it but guys other than that i think we're pretty set we can throw it to our interview pretty quick everybody's ready to roll we'll be back again after um a few more events crypto arena la's bull riding our home event canada of lethbridge um then we'll come back give everybody the, the highlights of what's going on there a little nfp bull bucket next weekend lots of young kids coming up so 
We'll have some videos to follow the social media to check all that stuff out. And Scott, you're going to fucking post about your new truck. We're going to get to see that pretty quick. And we'll I am. I am. I'll be uh, chatting with you hopefully Monday. We'll come and visit you. Um, I won't be posting <laughs> anything about a new truck. You'll be Vance Joyan. <laughs> You'll be backstage, Vance Joyan. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about me, guys. I'll get by. <laughs> you're so hard you've, done, inv- you've invested all your money in sleds, man. Come on. Yeah. You're a sled head now. He's a sled head. What? what a blast. Had a hey, great epic weekend last weekend, too. Sounds I should like you make, need another one. You might need another one. <laughs> I should uh, make men- well the, the new the 24s just got released. Just come out, check them out. They look pretty sexy. I bet uh, you might need like a therapy weekend of you on your right. sled so you feel better. Yes. Yes. Maybe. Maybe <laughs> that's what it is. Hey, just going to make mention our, our buddy, uh, Darren Humphreys, who cracks latches at, uh, all these mm-hmm. cup events. Uh, he's been on the racing yeah. race, races, sleds two, no, for... two weekends in a row. He was the champion, eh? Yeah. So he's built this sled right from really the guy, the guy is amazing. Like he, he has a vision and he builds the blocks. You got to see this sled, but it is absolutely killing everybody in the race world up here. And he just uh, calls it the white sled. The white yeah. sled did get again yeah. this weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. and you got you got to see it because uh, this thing is amazing. But anyways, I asked him. I said, "How's it going?" Like, you know, you talk about competition and how you handle things and everything. And I said, I, he says, "Yeah, I'm I'm beating some guys that don't normally get beat, and they're not they're not liking it." But he said, "To God, it's the best feeling in the world when you whiz by them." And well, how fast? Like it's just straightaway racing, right? Yeah, yeah, it's straight. So away. how fast does that thing go? fast like <laughs> well it doesn't Top show speed. like he doesn't have any videos on facebook so we'll have to we'll get him cornered in lethbridge and get hopefully he's got some videos on his phone like i i compared it is if you if you hit it and aren't hanging on the sled's gonna leave you're gonna stay there that's how much power <laughs> yeah hey, that happened to me on the weekend <laughs> that's where you got your callus from yeah <laughs> yeah uh, JJ Crippen and, does that racing too. I seen. Does he? Yeah. Does he? I don't know if it's the same sort of racing stuff, but he's racing sleds. We'll uh, we'll take you for a tour of the of the Humper Museum when you guys yes. get out here for Brandon. Yeah. Very forward to that. Oh yeah. You bet you. Okay. Before we get to our interview with Stetson Ray, we got one more ad read here. Boys, get hooked up for the biggest moments under the brightest lights and the biggest situations get hooked up hooked up enterprises is a creative partner for western sports and beyond providing customized arena wear for some of the rodeo's most elite athletes state-of-the-art arena wrap display products for some of western sports most prestigious events they are the official in arena gear of the nfp podcast find out more at www.get-hookedup.com or follow them on facebook instagram and tiktok stand up stand out and stay hooked and now our interview with stetson right man I, i'm a fan of stetson right i mean i love watching him i mean everything about his game impresses me i mean he's a world champion all-around cowboy he's a world champion bull rider and he's a world champion saddle bronc rider that's that's no easy task he does things when he's riding that you'd think he really shouldn't even be able to attempt let alone do my goal is to win 15. i never thought stop it being the second best. I'm shooting for being the best. There's a certain level of talent and everything that everybody has, but 
It's the intangible, that grit, it's the confidence. Whatever it takes to say, I want to win 15 of these. Whatever it takes to say that and believe it. Everybody says, no rough stock guy can beat that. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm like, I'll show you. I'm like, I'm gonna try. That's my main goal, is to win 15 all around world titles. It's gonna be really fun to, to watch him year in and year out compete. I think he's loving it, and, and you know that's always the most important ingredient. 14's a lot and 15's a lot, so right now I'm just gonna focus on number four. Wow, that, that is Stetson Wright. He is just fun to watch, he is, so I think it's Stetson Wow Wright. <laughs> Our guest today is the face of Pro Rodeo. In 2022, he set new records for the most money won in a single season in Pro Rodeo, just shy of $1 million. Also set the record for the most money won in the bull riding event in a single season. He's an all-around world champion, bull riding world champion. He's won most every major rodeo there is in the world. At only 23 years old, it's the phenom that we like to call 7X, the seven-time world champion, Stetson Wright. Stetson, what's up, buddy? Oh, not much. Just hanging out in San Antonio. Hanging out in San Antonio. So I, went, I was trying to go through your stats and really juice you up on your intro, and that's a pretty good intro, but there was more fucking <laughs> stuff on there that I could write down. So great start to the season. Great start to your career. You're only at the start of it, which is crazy to think because I think if you quit right now, you'd be in the Hall of Fame as it is. But how's the start going? How's the season going? What's been going? You've been happy? Things have been rolling for you? Yeah, things are really good. It's the best start that I've ever had, so hopefully we can keep it going. What about your leg? What about your leg? I, I noticed I've been watching San Antonio. You went limping out of the arena. Is that something to look at? or is? Uh, I guess it's part of the game. I, I, bro I broke my ankle the other day. So I've just been taping it up and trying to act like it don't hurt. <laughs> so it is broken. It's full fledged yeah. broken ankle. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so that's pretty serious then. Hey, so I got a question for you there, seven time. Uh I just looked up your earnings here. Ninety six thousand for twenty twenty three already. And am, am I right? You've only this is your third rodeo? Yeah, this is my third rodeo. That's a pretty good average. And San Antonio is not over yet. Yeah, hopefully we can get it even higher. <laughs> <laughs> Amen to that. Yeah, another quick San Antonio question before we get into you, but uh, the one that probably lots of people are asking is, who the fuck is Stu Wright, and where do all these rights keep coming from? And is there more of you guys coming, or is that it? This, that should be it for a little while. Stuart's my dad's little brother, so he's my uncle, and he's kind of – he's not a slow learner. He just started later than most, and – now he's popping on. Badass. So how many how many is there? How many brothers does your dad have? What's the family and then your family as well? How many bronc riders is there? Can you guys even keep um, track of that? My dad has six brothers and six sisters. So there's 13 of them. Holy. And almost, almost all of them ride. Damn. And then how many of you guys is there? There's three of you guys? Three brothers or four brothers now? There, There's four of us. And yeah, we all ride. And so, we can't leave out we can't leave out LJ, Lily Joe. Yeah, she's a barrel racer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what about Statler? Let's talk about him. Is he uh is he what's he gonna be? What do you think the uh his potential is gonna be as good as, as you guys, even better? Where's he at? He looks like a little bit of a bigger guy compared to the the three of you older brothers. Uh looks like he's a phenomenal bronc rider as well. What do you what's your thoughts on on your youngest brother? 
Yeah, he he's bigger than all of us, so he kind of bullies around. But I I think once he realizes how good he is, then he'll be pretty dangerous. Um, but yeah, I I could see him winning a few world titles. Pretty bold statement in this lineup of uh, Bronc riders. Hey, I got a question. Speaking of that, do you ever like you listen or talk to your dad and your uncle Jesse and Jake and Spencer, who've obviously been around for a while? Have, have they ever mentioned like how tough the bronc riding is today? And when I mean today, like in the last three years, I think it's it's you know there's 30 guys that can qualify for the NFR. In my opinion, would they agree? Oh yeah, that yeah. I think so. Um, we don't really talk much. We, I mean, we we know we ride against the best bronc riders in the world, but I, I'll personally try to never say that anybody's better than me. But not not being cocky, like I think that's just part of my mental side of it. I I just try to go about it that it's it's not even a competition. <laughs> it's how I yeah. go about it. Yeah, well, but do you find like? Compared to say your dad's age, that the the depth of bronc riders even right now is is through the roof. Oh yeah, uh, like Jason said, not not only can thirty of them make in a far, but I I think there's a legitimate shot that thirty of them could be the world champion at the end of the year. And wow. I mean, it just keeps getting better, and more and more come every year, which is crazy. Uh, and speaking of that. Um more and more come every year. Uh, Justin McBride's, is it his cousin or his nephew that we would have saw uh, at four? Gage. Yeah. Is he a rookie this year? That yeah, guy? Gage. I, I'm i pretty sure he is. Yeah. Yeah, he looked legit. I only got to see him ride once, but I I think he's he's going to be really wrecking with. Yeah. Yeah, completely. What about the, the race that you had last year, the Bronc ride inside of things? Speaking of of top guys within the game, but Zeke Thurston also is one of our guys. He ends up on top last year in the Bronc ride, and he's getting up there as as one of the greats of of all time within the sport. Um, what what's your thoughts on Zeke? And do you guys have a good relationship, even though you're battling back and forth? Or what's that locker room vibe between you guys? Oh, the the locker room, um, it's it's fun. I well, for me doing two events, I'm always in the Bronc ride locker room because. I feel like they're they're winners, so like you just want to be around it. They're if you win, they're happy for you, if, and then vice versa. So I with Zeke and every Bronc rider in there, it's a it's a fun thing to be around. All them guys are cool. Um, it's almost like you wouldn't even guess that we're riding against each other. That's why I stay away from them crybaby bull riders. <laughs> is it bad in there the 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 bull riders what's the what's the difference between that is it come more, more cutthroat or what's going on in there yeah more cutthroat they're trying to figure out why i kick their ass <laughs> <laughs> so who are you wrestling then at the nfr rocker told us that after the 10th round everybody's fighting in the locker room after it's done were you does that happen in the bull rider room or were you in the bronc rider room wrestling around I was far from all of it. I I get out of there. I'm. He, I don't he was he was collecting buckles and saddles. I, if I am the strongest one in there, or the weakest, I don't want anybody to know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but you did tell we were talking about this. In that, who's the who's the the bronchiest wrestler in that uh, saddle bronc room? You said somebody was outstanding. Um, Brody Cress. He's Brody Cress. 
He's a, I think he was a three-time state champion. So he's got everybody saying uncle in like in a snap of a finger. Like he's got him pinned and out and down. I think so. That's I've never been in there when they wrestled, but that's what I've heard. <laughs> exit exit left. <laughs> what about your brothers? Were they in there or they they gone with you? That we're we're usually all gone out of there. What's uh, what goes on then with you guys? What's your after the NFR last year of winning the all around world championship? You go get your buckles, you do all that. What's the what's the after party? What's the celebration? What do you guys get up to 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 kind of just tip of the hat to the week and everything that's been done? How do you celebrate everything? Um, well, in the years past, I've kind of went out and had a little bit of fun, but um, well, last year and this year, I I'm not gonna lie, we got did the little deal. Went and ate, and then went back to bed. I, but I had my daughter with me, so I, I couldn't really run around Vegas partying. <laughs> <laughs> when you uh, speaking of brothers and stuff, when you're, you know, we all know this this sport is ups and downs and peaks and valleys or whatever. But amongst the amongst your brothers, when you're going up down the road, is there ever time where you have to look over and say, you know, pull your head out of your ass or good? Like, is that on the more on the on the other side of winning, there's the downslope. Do you ever have to just shake each other up and could telling each other to be crybabies or whatever it may be? Yeah, that that happens more often than not. Honestly, um, I'm I'm as bad as anybody. I guess uh, if things aren't going my way, um, I don't necessarily like throw fits or anything, but I'll need a reminder. And usually, our dad is the one who gives it to us. Like last year, I was. I, I wasn't even doing bad, but I was just hurting. I wanted to go home, and I kept telling him, like, this this horse sucks or this bull sucks. And he said, well, if everything sucks, he says, I think it's more your attitude. I think you need to get home. And he said, being mentally sore is worse than being physically sore. And that was about all I needed. And I, I actually went and won on everything that I thought sucked. And um, But th- that happens with all of us, I mean. Yeah, I guess you guys would know too, but I I just need a reminder pretty often. I'm I, I but I got pretty good guys to help me out with that. Yeah, for sure. You know, you brought up your dad there, and and uh, is it safe to say he is the voice of reason and the biggest influence in your life, Bethan? Oh, oh yeah, one hundred percent. There's if I'm going through hard times, he's the first phone call that I'll call or. He he can see things before I can even see it coming, and he'll call me, and we'll talk it out. And I I know I wouldn't have a single gold buckle without him or anybody in my family that's helped me. Damn. Yeah, I I think I think sorry, Jason, but I think that's the same myself with my son Braden. You can kind of read that stuff as a dad and been through it and done it, and I'm sure Tanner same as you. Like right? it's, it's them dads. Sometimes we don't give them credit when we're younger but they're uh they're big influences on which way your career can go yeah i thought you yeah, were that... gonna say your dad was your influence on the east central hornets Scott. <laughs> <laughs> no no not this time <laughs> that's a do you, does, do you phone your dad after it's done or your mom i was watching a thing where you were mic'd up and your brother was asking if you talked to your mom and and you guys were kind of figuring out that maybe he calls the, your mom or you call your dad is that kind of a thing within you brothers is you guys call one or the other yeah, um, my mom, 
she, I mean, she'll tell us what she thinks too. And she can be brutally honest, but if, if we kind of want to pat on the back for something, we probably didn't need it. My, my mom's usually who we call. <laughs> and then we, we really got to bite the bullet when we call my dad, cause he's going to tell you what you need to hear. It's never what you want to hear, but he's, well, he'll tell you what you want to hear too. Only if it's, it's if you deserve it. Yeah. If you deserve it, but I, it doesn't matter if you're winning, if you did something wrong, like he's going to let you know. And he's not, um, he's not rude about it. He's a really uplifting person, but it, it kind of hurts worse when you hear it from somebody that's calm about it. <laughs> I've actually, you know, on that note, I've actually never um, listened to somebody that says so few words as Cody does makes the most sense. If you guys understand yeah. what I mean by that. Like, yeah, it is to the, it is to the point always yeah. to the point. But let's get back to the general there. You can't tell me she always gives you a pat on the back. I've known Sri long enough now. She on must the, move your ass once in a while too. Oh yeah, I, and I'm probably the one who gets it the most. I'm. Uh, yeah. I, I wouldn't even know. I'm. She. I rely on her for everything. So I'm. I don't do hardly anything between. My dad in her, my mom doing everything else, and then what you do with them for me. I, I pretty much all I do is get on them. I no, seem pretty dang lazy when I talk about it. It's, it's, pretty, <laughs> it's, it's a no, good it's, system. Yeah, it's, it's, it's working. working. It's working. So does your dad? Did you say does your dad do all the entering for you guys? Does he focus on that and where you got to be and where you're gonna go? Do you have any say in it, or does he do all that? Um, I mean, he'll call us sometimes. And be like, do you want to go here? And a lot of the times it's a rodeo that he knows we don't want to go to. So I'll tell him no. And then I'll wake up the next morning saying your entry is confirmed to wherever <laughs> I didn't want to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, he's he did it for all those years, right? He knows better than anybody the way to do it. That's a big part of uh, pro rodeo that a lot of people probably don't understand is the entering and entering the right way and getting to the right places with the right stock at that place. So we always had Bo Hill to do that for us, but your dad, a guy that's won world championship stuff, that's gotta be, like you say, a, a weight off your back. And then Jason worrying about your sponsorship stuff, your mom doing all the other stuff you focus on riding. That's probably a pretty good lesson for a lot of guys. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm really lucky with that. Um, like last year, I only went to 65 rodeos, 65 or 70, and it was by far my best year. I mean, it wasn't something my dad did. I got drawn out of a lot of rodeos, but, I mean, he's got a method to everything. Yeah, you know what? And you, So, Tanner, you just touched on it. There's a lot more to that rodeo entering because I believe Cody yeah. enters Spencer, Stewart, Jesse, everybody, correct? He enters you guys all, doesn't he, plus all you boys? Yeah, but these guys can't get entered right. Like Stetson, the number one asset. Let's let's be honest with each other here. The number one asset in professional rodeo right now will get screwed on entries. He'll have a bull one day and a horse another day, and then have to be somewhere else. I I don't get it. Um, I know your dad talked to Cody Lambert um, on how he used to enter Ty and him and Tough all the time and get get set up properly because that's what happens. God, fix it. Really? Yeah. There's got to be a way to fix it. I would be completely livid. I believe it was, is Tucson on right now? Yeah. So two years ago, Stats, maybe you had to go back and forth yep. and you had to turn out. 
So you had to go there for, for your horse, come back to San Antonio and then back to Tucson for a bowl or you, and you couldn't make it or you couldn't make it back to the short round. Like it was, it was ridiculous that they put you in that position. Have to try to make those kind of miles compete when you're a two event guy. So are they, are like, yeah. is it, are they trying to handicap the best of the best or, or the top guys? Well, like why? I don't, I can't fathom why an association would want to do that to their athletes. Like wouldn't, shouldn't they be catering more than trying to make it difficult? Well, Stetson, what do you think? Or no comment. <laughs> well, well, I I don't I know they got a system and it's it doesn't favor the top guys, which is nice because like last year Statler got into a lot of stuff that I got drawn out of, which I was happy about. And I mean, it's just I mean, if you go to Facebook or Instagram, I'm the most favored guy in the world. But <laughs> if you actually know me, I don't get into anything. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's good last year set the single season earnings record shattered it held by trevor brazil who most put at the the top of that list of of cowboys to ever do it so what's the goals this year i mean you're gonna try to top that what's what's on your mind to to do for 2023 uh 2023 back to the same goals every year since 2019 win the triple crown and I don't know. I thought maybe if I got into more rodeos this year, then I could make 1.2 million. Yeah. That's, that's the goal. Yeah. Let's do it. That was uh, about round <laughs> eight. <laughs> Jason, let's do it. What are you riding with them or what? Jason, no, just cheering But in round eight, round eight last year, you did mention that like you're just like focused on, that million dollar mark i don't even know i think uh what round did you just you and somebody you and kai stayed on were the only two right yeah so is that kind of when it it hit you like shit i can i can get to this million dollar mark yeah it i didn't realize it till they started talking they're like man you might reach a million dollars and i'm like oh shit and i wish i wouldn't <laughs> have thought about it because i felt like it it kind of slowed me up after that i was so focused on doing that that I was overlooking like in the 10th round when I let that bull buck me off. I, I should have rode this bull with opposite hand. I should have never fell off. And Yeah, I, and you would have been, uh, you know, if you'd have been 86 and a half points or more, you'd have had the record on nine bulls for the NFR average over Jim Sharp's 10 bull. Isn't that something? Dang it. Oh well, there's some 2023. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if my aunt were my uncle, she'd have a dick. Get a cut of water. Um, so that's that's you know what? Lots of people, you're young, so you still got a lot of uh, a lot of fire left, you got a lot of drive left, but you see lots of guys when they have so much success at a young age, it kind of fizzles out because you've won everything that you've you've set out to win in your life at such a young age. You look at Lockwood, like a lot of injuries came into play with him. Uh, McBride was another guy who won a lot of stuff at like 25, retired at like 27 kind of thing, right? So um, a guy like you that's won seven world titles, like I said earlier, probably a Hall of Famer already if you would retire tomorrow. 
uh, what's, what's, what drives you, what's going to keep you going down the road? Is it the money? Is it breaking these records? Is there a certain amount of world championships? What is it that's going to keep you going down the road to, to keep doing this all, over and over? Um, the thing that keeps me going, uh, I write it down almost every single day. Um, I write down on a piece of paper or autograph sheet, whatever it is that I'll be the king of the Cowboys. And for me, to be labeled king of the Cowboys, I have to break Trevor Brazil's all-around record. And I, I mean, I'm not ungrateful for what I've won, but I'm I'm so far from unsatisfied. I'm not satisfied at all. I I feel like I I'm just starting to figure out what I'm doing, and I like what I've won. It it just seems like it's not good enough every year. Like I I got a really bad um, conscience when it comes to being satisfied with anything i like last year i didn't win the bronc riding and it it almost ruined the other two world titles that i won because i felt like i slipped up and i i shouldn't have done it and so it seemed like that after we celebrated that night i was back to just thinking like this this will never happen again like the triple crown will happen next year you're going to rodeo harder than you did last year you're going to do more and i mean it gets exhausting because I mm-hmm. sometimes I sit down and think like you you should be happy with what you've done, which which I am happy, but I I just I feel like there's so much more that I could do, and I know I couldn't live with myself if I quit going today. Right. Well, that's perfect. That's a great mindset, right? It's not. Yeah, you're happy with what you've done, but not complacent and not just like oh, that's good enough for me. I'll just half-ass it you're trying to get better every day and try to win more and more and i think that's the difference in a lot of guys like a ty murray and yourself trevor brazil right you want to break those records and be that king king of the cowboys not a bad handle do you uh do you find the more successful you are and the more um accolades you add do people perceive you different with that don't know you i'm just talking about someone that comes along do people judge you more either um as a champion or think that you know oh well you get this because you've done that do you find that's changed at all in the last you know three or four years oh yeah yeah well and it seemed like before i even won anything that's how it was going to be like from day one it's the only reason i was 86 instead of being 80 is because of who my dad is or yeah and then it just kind of got into where well, he's won so much already. Like they just let him win here. They let him win there. And then, um, like my dad's always told us, my mom and dad, like no matter the amount of gold buckles you've won, like you stay the same. Like when you start trying to change, it'll hinder your riding. And just like the other day, this hadn't even has nothing to do with rodeo, but my rodeo fans were judging me on it. I made a post about my buddy Kai Hamilton. It was his birthday and the, the first picture is Kai flipping me off. He had an ice pack on his head from getting knocked out. And I mean, these people just tried to rip me apart for setting a bad example for their kids or grandkids or whatever. And like, I, I made a few comments back. Like my job is like, I told him, I was like, I'm all for setting a good example. But like at the end of the day, like, this is me. You, you can't change who I am. I said, it's not my responsibility to raise your kids. 
Is there? You know what? We get we get that all the time with Tanner on this podcast. You know, Scott's a cousin. I'm trying to mention the guy, but we can't take full responsibility on how he acts. You're not going to want to. You don't want to. (laughs) Yeah, we got to keep our distance. You guys should take responsibility for me. (laughs) Is there Stetson? Is there ever times where you just want to shut social media off completely and just be done with it and just travel down the road, do your job, get in, travel down the road? Yeah, and I. I would really like, that's one thing that I'm, I I wish I had that my dad had, like there was no social media. Like he never seen the amount of people that hate on you. It, I mean, I don't give a shit if people hate me because we've always been told if people hate you, it's because you're winning and they're jealous of you. So I take it as a compliment, but sometimes at the end of the day, you think like, man, like what I'm doing is pretty special. And there's so many people that just can't handle the fact, that you put your whole life I mean like for every rodeo guy that has a family like we leave our kids our families for months and months and like people don't understand that they just think we're a bunch of what what would it be ungrateful privileged cowboys and I mean I guess they can think what they want everybody on this podcast we've been through that to some extent right we're just out there having fun and it's easy and you know it's one life's one big party but there's so much more to it than that and um i mean so so i guess to end more of a party for others yeah this is true this is true um (laughs) but uh i i guess someone that doesn't have your mindset that that has some um that that is good at what they do it could destroy them and, and rip them down is that a fair assessment oh yeah I, i've seen a lot of that stuff just completely kill people and i like it there's been times where i'm like these people like don't even get it like mm-hmm. um in 20 2021 i i got in three bulls in one night and i mean i was shot like these bulls had drug everything out of me and you'd think like bearing down trying to be a cowboy you'd get some compliments but there's about 300 or 3,000 comments saying negative shit and I mean it, it just never ends and but but they don't see me breaking my ankle one day but making sure I show back up the next day um, and giving it 110 percent like they they just overlook everything that a cowboy does and this is just what off of what's happened to me it there's other guys out there that's had it way worse than me and that yeah you know, haters. haters you're gonna have to have look at like you think of like celebrities and stuff and, and it's more just getting into our industry now with the way that social media has gone yeah. but jb was probably the first guy that i seen really really get that right he could be 95 or he he would just do phenomenal things every day and there'd be 100 people and 50 people say he did it right and 50 people say he did it wrong no matter what he did right and now Stetson you're at that stature now and all these guys are and I think that's like where your mindset has to come into play not worry about the comments and all that stuff try to use that I think I guess to get to that next level and tell them all really to fuck off and just do your own yeah. do your own thing, right? <laughs> Which is is hard a lot of times. And then you come you come off as an asshole, or lots of people that don't even know you are going to be judging you. But I think that being a seven time world champion, that's part of the gig in today's world. Yep, for sure. I mean, shoot, they made a post about JB the other day, praising him, which was he deserved it. He was ninety like three times within four rides, I think, and 
somebody below it comments finally an article that's not about the rights. I'm like, this, yeah. like you just, <laughs> you just made it about me. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, and so I commented them and told them what I thought. And at the end, I said, this article may not have been about me, but you just made it about me. I said, I'm glad you're such a big fan. I'll send an autograph in the mail if you want one. <laughs> <laughs> See, and, and, uh, there yeah, you go. Fun. Uh, See, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's the, that's the cool shit. You handle that that way and shrug it off and see you later. I'm going to win another, <laughs> another rodeo, right? So that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> Speaking of JB, you're a, uh, kind of the younger generation of a guy who growing up was right when JB was winning those world titles and that sort of stuff. Was he the guy that you looked up to on the bull riding side of things? I know your dad's the, the bronc riding side of things, but your bull riding wise, who's, who do you look up to? who did you kind of watch as a kid and, and try to emulate their style and learn everything that you learned that way? Yeah. JB 100%. I tried to base everything the way he, pick bulls to riding with injuries that I just always saw like this guy's a cowboy. This is exactly how I want to go about it. I, I think like the whole putting it out of your mind for eight seconds. And I, that's what I try to do still to this day, even, but yeah, JV hundred percent in the bull riding, he's a cowboy and that's what I want to be. How do you go through 10 days of, of what you went through with the Bronx and the bulls, your body, most people would just fall apart after the fifth round. Zira, are you training hard outside of uh, outside of the arena? Are you, you know, doing different yoga or different stuff like that for flexibility or to to not get those injuries? Or what is what's your pregame ritual? What gets you in those moments and what allows you to to get on as many animals as you do? So throughout the year, I I do like the champion living, and Doug helps me a lot. But when I Right when the season ends, that's when wrestling season starts down here where I live. So I'd go in and train with uh, my old wrestling coaches and all the high school kids. And that that's one thing that I think is just awesome because it, it doesn't matter how good a shape you're in. It's going to wear you out. And it seemed like this year when I was at the NFR, like I didn't get sore now one, one time on either event through the whole 10 days. And, but I try to do a little bit of everything throughout the year. I'm not the best at it. I wish I was better, but I, well, I, <laughs> I have to say 10 days getting on two head a day. You need to buckle for not for that comment. I would, I wasn't sore after that. I mean, yeah. holy shit. <laughs> I can't imagine. I can't imagine. Well, if you guys recall <clears throat> when we had our, when we had our uh, podcast with Ryder, Rusty, Stetson and Sheree, we asked that question. Um, you know, how he felt after 10 days. That was at Globe Life Field that year. That was the um, COVID year. And you're like, no, hell no. I feel like I get on another 20. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> right. that, that, that's you at its finest right there. Yeah. I think the mental side of things is 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 really what I wanted to touch on with you too. And and lots of people I wonder what, what you go through or what you do mentally to be able to, to ride at the top level in both events. I know when I was riding bulls, I, the day of, I had to have my mind, everything set 100% into that bull that I had that day and everything evolved around that. But with you, you have that, but then you also have one of the best bucking horses in the world as well. And I know that in some interviews, 
you, you always have a quote that's healthy, wealthy, handsome, and happy. And is that something that maybe just like grounds you when your mind starts going crazy and everything starts racing, something that you just tell you, and it's like a trigger to kind of ground you again and get you back where you need to be, to be ready to ride or, or what's your little mental edges or what you, goes through your mind those days when you're when you're doing both events like that yeah that that's thing for sure the biggest one like before i get on it's like i I, i'm pretty sure every rough stock or any athlete in the world has thoughts like about failure maybe injuries and just all the crazy things your mind goes to but my dad i think it was my rookie year told me about this healthy wealthy hand handsome and happy deal and I, I didn't use it for the longest time. And then I started really getting into using it because he said your mind can only focus on one thing at a time. So it might as well think of something positive. So I would just say that. And it, it's crazy. It just blocks out pretty well everything. And I mean, but throughout the whole year, um, and I've talked to a lot of people about the mindset of things. And they're, they're more like the they use the word I'm a realist and I think that's the stupidest shit I've ever heard. Like <laughs> me, me personally, I'm going to tell my shit myself something like that's almost un that's Attainable. impossible. That's yeah. Like I, I tell my, like they're saying, all right, I can only be 85 on this horse. I'm not my bullshit. I can be 95 even though, the horse has a 0% chance of doing mm-hmm. it. I, I believe that I can do it. And um, like I've had talks with Rusty and Ryder and I just told them, I'm like, I just brainwashed myself. Like, cause all through high school and the start and starting into the PRCA, I was so far from the best in the world. <laughs> it was sickening. And, but I just kept telling myself like, you're the best, you're the best. And I'd write down, like, you're going to be the king of the Cowboys, like all this stuff until like literally it, it started clicking a lot faster than I thought it was going to. And now I, I believe it, but I still tell myself things that I probably shouldn't. But I mean, I, I think if I keep telling myself I'm the best, then I'm bound to be it. Be it. Yep. Yeah. Mental aspect. He work seems to be working. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, like you say, every athlete goes through it, no matter what level or what sport you're in, you're going to have doubts and you're going to have fears and it's finding that, that level and finding that place to get yourself back to, to be able to be the winner. And you seem to be pretty good at finding that within both events every single time that you nod your head. Yeah. And I mean, that, that just comes with who I travel with like Rusty and Ryder. They, they really, they both have really good mindsets on everything and them too, while I'm out here, probably keep me the most grounded and Statler's actually he's maturing really fast and he's done a lot to help me and I mean it's kind of weird to get advice from your younger brother but I mean I I try to get advice from everybody that I think is a true winner so Ryder does Ryder actually talk lots on the road yeah Ryder he's a really outgoing person when he's around his safe place I guess you could say yeah yeah I (laughs) get it but if if you were to talk to Ryder and you could actually get it out of him, like his mindset on everything, he he's the one where I picked up that I can win on anything. It doesn't matter if they've never won it before. I I'm gonna win on it, and that, I I picked that up from Ryder because rookie year I'd look at something and be like, "There's no way I can win on this." Like 
and he he honestly the one who formed a lot of the way I think my rookie year because when things weren't going good if if I would have been rodeo with my buddies because they just tell you what you want to hear they don't tell you what you need to hear well he he would shut me up a lot of times and <laughs> you ain't playing the poor picked on me card bullshit like he yeah yeah right uh, rider he he'll tell you what that's another thing he's just like my dad says few things but when you he, when he gets talks point across like that yeah yeah. Uh, well, we were t- we had Cody Snyder on our last podcast, and, and he was talking about um, when things really slowed down for him. So for you, you know, you're a world champion in your rookie year. Was there a was there a point where you know your dad had said something, or your brothers had said something, or was there a particular ride with that first all around buckle, um, or you know when you qualified for the first NFR? When did it slow down for you, Stetson? Um, it was in round seven in 2020 because um, I almost didn't make that at the NFR in 2020 in either event. I came in like 13th and 14th in them events. And like the whole time I was there, like my dad rode with me to the rodeo every single night and would just tell me like, you belong here, you belong here. Like would just say a bunch of things trying to – he was trying to manipulate my brain and that's where I kind of – that's when I started grasping the manipulating my myself. But he, every round he just kept saying like, you can, you can do this. You can do that. You can do this. You belong here. And it wasn't until round seven, I ended up winning the bulls and the Bronx in the same night. And like the horse that I rode, if you were to put me on it, I would, I would say even the round before, like this fucking horse would have killed me. And I made one of my all-time favorite rides that day and was 91 or 92 on Larry Culpepper and was 89 the bull riding. Um, and that was kind of like the day it clicked, like, holy shit, like, you could be pretty great. You could win world titles in both events. You're not just a bull rider. Like, you can you can be whatever you want to be. And from that day on, like, I, everything clicked for me and then rolled into 2021 the next year won my first gold buckle in the Bronx riding and now it just seems like I I don't even expect myself to win anymore it's more of I'm I know I'm gonna win and like everybody's gonna have hell stopping it yeah that's legit <laughs> okay yeah. the other side of things um we talked about social media and how it's it can you know all the haters and everybody and all that sort of stuff that goes on but what about the other side of social media? You being like a 23-year-old kid and uh, single, by the way, the DM's got to be blowing up. There's got to be just <laughs> chicks fucking left and right looking for stats and trying to get a hold of you. I've heard of people baking cookies for you. I've heard of DMs. I see TikToks of these girls fucking with your face on it trying to get your attention. What's going on? Is that going well for you on that side of things? <laughs> There's always funny things. Yeah, it seems to. <laughs> Just when you think they can't get any more creative, somebody says something, and you're like, holy shit, like, you have no morals. <laughs> <laughs> what about the, uh, the with your brothers that brought it up, I was I was thinking to myself, is there ever any times you have to phone your dad and be like, hey, Rusty fucking sucker punch rider or something? Are you guys ever getting, like, fights in, on the road? Has it ever come to blows? Or are you guys actually as close as it looks like you guys are on TV? 
uh, we're pretty close all the time. Uh, but yeah, we do fight. But it's Ryder's more the one that holds everything together, makes makes sure we don't fight. And um, it seems he's like the glue. He's the glue. Yeah, he's the glue. And me and Rusty seem to get into it more than anyone. But I think it's because we we think a lot alike, so we butt heads. But I mean, at the end of the day, we're we're good. It doesn't last but five minutes. Who's winning if it comes to blows between the four of you? <laughs> if I would rank myself at the bottom on that list. <laughs> I, I feel like, whoa, whoa, where's all this mindset shit we've been just talking about? <laughs> I, I I can win in the arena, but when it comes to a fight between me and my brothers, I probably wouldn't rank myself up very high. <laughs> okay, okay. Who would you put at? Who would you put money on between the four of you? Uh, I'll just rank Rusty Ryder and Statler all. <laughs> yeah. I'll just hang out below. Yeah. I'm last. They're first. Yeah, I like it. Uh, what about Cloverdale? Have you ever been to Cloverdale? Did you have fun there? Yeah, that, that place is really fun. I That was probably the first place I ever got drunk at. <laughs> <laughs> was it the Red Barn? The, the Red Barn, yeah. The Red it, Barn. Yeah. I think I was 19. Yeah, I would have been 19. And rules are different there. I can drink when I was 19. Pretty and good. The beers, and the beard's a little heavier up here, isn't it? Yeah, I was, <laughs> I had a constant headache there. <laughs> <laughs> so, speaking of uh, Cloverdale and different rodeos that maybe aren't sanctioned, I know there's been a lot of rumors going around that you guys aren't going to go to anything <laughs> that's, that's not sanctioned. So, are we going to see you? at places like Cloverdale or say the American or the, some of these other ones, or is that still under wraps? Um, that's still under decision with my dad and Jason. <laughs> now uh, the, the 15 world championships to break Trevor Brazil's record. Is there going to be a hiccup within that with the PBR? Lots of people. We talked about this with, when we had you last time, but it's might've changed now since, uh, since it's been a year or so. Uh, the PBR with the team series. Is there a PBR world title on your mind? What do you, what do you got going on with that? Or is it all rodeo right now? Uh, I would say it's all rodeo right now. I mean, I would love to go over there and win a million dollars. That would be really nice. But, um, I, I proved myself last year that I can make just as much, if not more than those guys that win the world title there. I might have to go a little harder and a little bit more than they do, but I mean, my, I never started rodeoing for the money. It was always to be the king of the Cowboys. Like I never rode under there. I'm going to be the richest guy there is, but it's just always been about the gold buckles. Is there a price on the, on the PBR teams aspect that might change that, that mindset? Uh, I don't know. It, that one's under decision with Jason too. <laughs> Jason, Jason, it sounds like, yeah. Jason, it sounds like you have a lot of decisions to make here. Well, I had a call. I had a call again today from a GM. Curious if uh, if you're coming over. It's tough though. Like, in all fairness, um, we have you know we built a structure for for Stetson's and PRCA. Like, you know. Companies like Resistall and Wrangler, which Resist Wrangler does crossover PBR, they sell more jeans in the rodeo space than they do in the PBR. 
they want the number one asset in professional rodeo to be rodeo. So, you know, it's not as easy as just like, okay, we're going to go to five events and, and ride at the PBR finals and be done. Um, what we do have on our side is time because we don't have to put the player until May 15th. So, you know, we're off to a great start. But in saying that, if he's at $175,000 in winnings by May 15th, um, do you roll with the momentum of winning and keep the all-around buckle and the triple crown race alive? Like, yeah, we have till May 15th to make a decision. And I, I'm, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you right now, even if I wanted to. And, and, but I think it's right. Good problem to have. I like that. Yeah. Good I was going to say, and as an, <laughs> as an, as an agent and Stetson yourself, Stetson, he has lots of time. Like he's got, time on his side to maybe pursue that further down the road wouldn't you would you agree with that yeah but yeah. we got justin mcbride sitting there right now as the coach which i know the first overall pick is the nashville stampede right now which stars have lined up they're the winners of the teams last year and and have the first pick it, it kind of worked out well who knows who's gonna have the first pick next year maybe it's a team that has deeper pockets no one thing um it's going to cost somebody some money if that's the route we go. All in all, I, I take from this is it's a great position to be in, Stetson. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's going to have to be a good offer. To You won over close to a million dollars last year, plus your sponsorships. Like It's going to have to be a big offer, to, in my opinion, I would say, to get you to go over there, right? Yeah, and the, the hardest decision other than like the money side of everything is uh, like we talked about at the start, the bronc ride is so tough. Like if I was to go to five of them PBR events, then that's five rodeos that is going to be really hard for me to catch up to these guys that are winning everywhere that are already so hard to beat. You know, and, and a concern of mine is, is the teams is so new. We don't have a, a collective bargaining agreement. We do the National Hockey League rules. Well, rules changed from week to week this last year. Like literally week to week, there was a different rule or – we, you know, the the league decided it was better to do it this way. Well, I can't take those chances. Um, and I certainly don't want Stetson taking any of those chances either. You know, there's already been rules changed because Nashville's got the first pick and they want Stetson. There's already been rules changed. So what's what else is going to come in two months, three months, six months from now? Which you know, one, the, the leverage we have. Is Stetson could walk away and take his two years suspension or a year suspension and, and it wouldn't even. So that's that is the ace up our sleeve right there. So it's got to be our way or the it isn't happening. We'll just go win a million in the PR. So we do have the leverage, I would say, for sure. I.e., refer back to great position to be in. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Because there's lots of talk. There's lots of people wondering, right, where you're going to go, what you're going to do, how you're going to do it. But it was like Sage Kimsey, same thing. It's it's hard to it's hard to hinder a guy for not wanting to go over there when there's that much money to be won within the PRCA. So I think they are trying to make it where there's more money. But like I say, if you want Stetson and there's no rules right now, throw some numbers in there and see where it goes. Right. You guys have it all. So Sage. what it could be, it could be a great draft. Um, yeah. Sage, Josh and Stetson. I guess there's a couple of Brazilians that are, are going to, uh, number one guy, whoever that is down there, I'll have to get on. Yeah, he's legit. 
Fuck yeah. It, some good is he? Yeah, really yeah. good. Stetson, Sage coming back. How do you take that in your world? The seven-time world champion bow rider dominated the, the bow riding world in the PRCA before you came around, and then you guys went head-to-head uh, -head for quite a few years there, and then he's been out last year with, with injury. So do you take that as right on? I'm glad he's back. Now I've got another good guy to, to try to beat, or is it like, oh, shit, this guy's coming back. Hopefully I can still keep winning. What's your mindset towards Sage coming back? Shoot, I, I just think there's another guy. I mean, he is one of the best, but uh, I that's about it. As much as I think about it, I, I mean, I, I really don't care to look to the side or to the sides of me or behind me. I I look forward, and I think if I keep doing that, nobody will ever be in front of me. So last year at the at the NFRF, um, Reed Oftedal gets injured, uh, takes a really bad wreck. You show the character that you have, which you can tell all the social media people to shove it up their ass because you, the things that you do outside of the arena. And, and when you donated your all-around uh, world champion saddle, what, what's going through your mind there? Just just wanting to help a guy out? That's a huge donation, raised a whole bunch of money. Uh, what goes what goes through your space and mind? I know lots of people would never even think of doing that, but but for you, that was just what you decided to do? Yeah, well, I just figured that anybody would do it for me. I mean, I try to think real positive. So I'd like to think if I was going through a hard time, there'd be people helping me and um, brain injuries have always freaked me out. Uh, I've had a few, so I, we, we were trying to do a bunch of things to make sure that he'd come back and be a hundred percent and never have any um, long-term sadness, I guess you could say. And I, I don't know. I, brain injuries scare me. Yeah, terrible. So that that in the locker room, does that affect you guys when you see somebody go down like that? It's one of your brothers. We all are, you're, you know you're competing against each other, but at the end of the day, you're all best buddies and hanging out. What's the vibes there for the next few nights? Is everybody talking about Reed, thinking about Reed's in the back of the mind, or do you try to block that out to do your job? I I'd say I did a pretty good job at blocking it out, but I mean, it it is hard to block it out because like that that could have been anybody that night and it could be anybody the next night too and um hey. yeah it freaks me out yeah oh shit so how many times a day does jason call you to pump your tires four times five times a day how many times does that work out <laughs> he's, he's he's good he's good for my confidence he calls me <laughs> champ and stuff like that so he helps me a lot <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Appreciate oh, it. They, they're trying to take a cheap shot at me, both these tricks. <laughs> I just um, called, you know, that show Jerry Maguire, show me the money. That's what yeah. it's about right there. So uh, a recent video as well, you were at Dale Brisby's house, which I want to get into a little bit, but you were riding a, <laughs> you rode, you rode a bareback horse. Now, is this, uh, is this something that's in your future to try to add to that money winning? Because I know all the, there was like Casey Field and all those guys were like, don't do it, man, Rocker, all those guys. Like, don't fucking start doing that because they know that if you wanted to do it, you could do it. But was that just a, a fun day or are you looking at trying to be a bareback rider too? I, I told them I'd do it again if I had an elbow brace. A rig and actually was probably better than what I used. Like I jumped on that thing. It was probably five minutes. I'm like, I want to get on it. <laughs> and they ran it in, got the rig in, and I was, I didn't have my elbow taped. I didn't have nothing, no vest. <laughs> I just threw <laughs> on some spurs and hope for the best. 
I did make a phone call after that. Just so you guys know. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it might have just been a text, but I was like, what? What's going on around that place? It's always there's always antics that are going on, but is there just a bunch of like is it always you always just making videos and there's a bunch of people that live there and the Netflix and interns shit? Like what actually goes on behind the scenes around that place? There's a lot going on. There was a bunch of people getting on that day. I mean, Statler even got it on a bull. So I, I, mean, too. <laughs> I think everybody just gets a wild hair when they're there and they always got the cameras out and making stuff out of it. Okay. Um, man, we appreciate you big time for uh, taking the time with us. There's lots of, lots more questions. I like to get the mindset of a guy like you, a younger guy that's, that's right in the middle of his career before he's done and looking back and, and to see what you're going through every day and what you're having to overcome. And lots of the young people listening in really take that stuff to heart. So it's, it's great that you decided to join us. But Scott has our infamous question for you. Well, Stetson, uh, Tanner just touched on it. You're mature beyond your years. And, and for these young guys coming up, they're younger than you. Um, a great inspiration and and someone to look up to and i commend you for that um this is the nfp podcast and uh you obviously know what our take is on that what's yours mine would be the same i i when it comes to the no fun pasties, i think that means no excuses no never blaming people for why you're not winning and not just rodeo in life um that's how i go about it and i think that's a really good thing to base your life off of <laughs> hell yeah okay so that's it. there's one more i gotta ask you about and you you brought it up in your uh paper that you did for us on the last time that you were on this episode but we never got to it but you got to tell us a story about when you got ran over when you were a kid by your dad or something at a rodeo if you know this one that i'm talking about oh yeah <laughs> so i was three or four i went to a rodeo with my dad in sonora california which I, I don't necessarily – I was way too young to even remember anything. And the fact that I, what happened, I wouldn't remember it. But um, he was – the way they used to have the strip and shoot, it was right where the barrel truck brings the barrels in. And my dad was getting his saddle, and they were – he the guy was just leaving with the barrels out of the arena. And I was back there riding an air bull. I got dizzy and fell off the platform and I felt like perfect timing when that truck was coming out and I, the front tires missed me but the two back dually tires ran over top of me and uh, broke I think well I know it broke my arm um, there was a bunch of things like pretty just squished me and broke I think like my ribs and a bunch I never heard this one. This is quite the story. Oh, yeah, well, they, the ground was like, it was, I was pretty lucky by the sounds of it to even be alive. The ground was just soft enough to where it pushed me down to the ground, but they live flighted me. And I think I was in a coma for a few days. And, um, I guess when my mom got out there to snore California, uh, she walked in there and I was just waking up and I told her, I said, mom, I got run over by a truck. <laughs> <laughs> I was real small. Uh, I was real small. And I had these, my mom's got the pins that held my arm together. It was, they couldn't put rods and plates. So they had like little pins that they had stuck in my arm and I was casting up for a while. <laughs> Damn. That's insane. 
my dad in there, and I drove out there, and like that's that was their intro on me is how I almost died here, and now he's back to pretty much take over Snore <laughs> this time and not die, and like I'm leaning back on my bronc or getting on my bowl, and they were playing like like the saddest music. Like I did not want to be there because of how awful the feeling was <laughs> that they were putting out there. Bad vibes, uh, bad, bad vibes. Um, Stetson, with a guy like you that's had so much success and on both ends of things and in everything you've done, what's the one thing that, that you look at that you want to improve on yourself? What's one thing that you think is your weakness that you'd like to improve? Weakness that I'd like to improve. He's like, like nothing, as as I'm riding, perfect. <laughs> no, <laughs> as, as far as riding or what? Yeah, sure. Yeah, life, anything. I don't give a shit. Whatever. Some sort of something that you'd like to improve on that you think that you that needs improving for you. Returning texts. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to be better about that, but I'd I'd like to ride Bronx better and probably be a little calmer. There's probably there's probably thirty Bronx riders out there that don't wish you rode better. <laughs> Yeah, and then bull riding kind of slow it down more, which I've been working hard on, and I'm I'm always wanting to improve on the mental side of it. I I don't think I'm the best at it, but I I think I could be better. And that is interesting to hear that you yourself is are still trying to slow down the ride and and perfect it. And there's a lot of guys that go a whole career that um think they got it figured out and i mean you're just still working through it right it's hard to it's hard to believe when you're at this where you are in your career already yeah well that came from my dad because i guess he's people so i've asked him like what's your still this day even though he's not getting on like what was your favorite ride he said i haven't made it yet so that, that's <laughs> kind of how i go about it i, nice. I, I like to think that my best ride and favorite ride hasn't even happened yet. Beauty. Nice. Okay, one last one. I know you're starting to lose some service, but you won all this money. What's the what's something that you've you've splurged on? Have you have you made a big purchase? Have you done something badass? Went on a trip? What's your big money spend? My big money spend is I bit, built a one forty by two hundred indoor arena. So we could stay out of the cold and rodeo. <laughs> nice. Yeah, badass. Good. Well, I think you'll be able to keep adding on to that thing as the years go by because it looks like it's just uh it's just getting rolling for you. So thank you very much for joining us on the podcast. Obviously, big fans years will be following along. Jason Scott, you guys got everything you need for now? One four one forty by two hundred. That is fucking huge, man. <laughs> <laughs> You might want a team rope someday. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you get to start cap roping. You win a Linderman too. You win it all. <laughs> no comment. No, no comment. comment. You're probably well. I just want to say good luck everywhere. And uh, you're an inspiration to a lot of them young guys coming up. And the world's your oyster. And it's going to be fun to watch. That's for sure. Well, thanks, Scott. Keep it Come up, on. pal. That's all I got for you. Sounds good. Jason still got three more calls to you today, so you, this is just beginning for you. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, just joking. Thanks, Stetson. We appreciate you coming right. on the podcast, buddy. Thanks a bunch. Thanks, Tanner.
Yeah.